What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Zero to Here podcast. Tonight's episode with uh, our good friend, residential mortgage broker, Alex D'Angelo. Obviously, the big topic in the news, the big health scare right now, which has got most of you inside your homes for last week, is the coronavirus. And we're just kind of chatting about how it is affecting local real estate and the finance industry. This is uh, a pretty informative topic and I learned a lot. I think you're going to learn a lot. If you're interested in refinancing or taking advantage of these low interest rates right now, chat with your mortgage broker. Alex is a good one if you don't have one. Enjoy. big changes in our businesses in the last uh, couple weeks, hey? Yes, there has been. It's funny looking back, not necessarily funny, but interesting looking back a month from now or a month previous and just seeing a bunch of pictures on social media and assuming this was a lot less impactful globally than it has become in the last couple weeks. And, you know, I think about that and then I also think like to know that this is being recorded on March 20th. Yeah. This might be released March 23rd. But like, imagine someone who's listening to this on like April 15th and be like, those guys had no idea. Yeah. You know, like, like if it's, if you don't, cause it's exponential, it might get like significantly worse. But yeah, in terms of like businesses and the economy, like if you look at like your stock portfolio or just how markets have been doing, it's just like insane how, how much, how, how much has changed mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. I want to stay away from like predictions and things like that in terms of the actual medical side of what is happening right yeah, now I agree. because we are not educated Zero. on that stuff yeah. and we're just hearing it through a bunch of different types of sources and trying to figure out what is accurate and what's not a- accurate. Totally, yeah. Uh, but more, I just want to use this as an opportunity to kind of share with the public how things are changing in our industries um, and how business is continuing moving forward kind of. Okay. First things let's maybe chat about I know there's been a lot on social media about interest rates, but maybe just explain like what has happened. And it's been really, really quick. It's been like in the last two weeks. Insanely quick. So, man, stuff sounds so lame to talk about interest rates. I feel like I need a pair of glasses, but like. I think it's interesting though, because like this is unprecedented territory, right? Like it's completely. Has Bank of Canada ever announced two rates within a week and two drops within a week? Well, I, I, they, I think they have, but it would have been like around like World War II. Like, yeah. like, 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 I think it's called like measures like this. I've never seen them done. Like where they're dropping, the variable rates are dropping because of like basically the Bank of Canada by dropping their overnight lending rate. That's the, the rate that banks lend to other banks. By dropping that, you're dropping basically the cost of money. So, and that is a result of the economy getting shit kicked because when the economy gets shit kicked and stocks fall and companies fall and everything goes really bad by making money cheaper, it encourages people to spend money because it's cheaper to borrow money. And also it's doesn't pay as much to save money. So like, think about it, like how, like from a government of Canada perspective though, how cheap do you need to make money to encourage people who are also being encouraged to stay inside their home for the next three weeks. How cheap does money have to be for well, you to well, actually be like, oh yeah, actually this is kind of cool. I can go spend more money. Well, most people are pretty conservative. Yeah, right but now. you're looking at it from like a, a like a, a very macro 
or micro. You're looking at it from one of those perspectives. You got to think of it <laughs> those like are two very I different know. perspectives. One of them is looking at that, but one of them you have to look at like the countries and yeah. like huge corporations. So I'm I'm thinking very macro. Yeah, very, macro. No, yeah. micro. Small. Macro would be macro. The, the countries. Micro would be like me. So yeah, that's, that's a micro perspective. So me. like, yeah, I'm not going to go get a salad from Cactus Club tonight because mm. money's cheaper. Yeah. But companies, when money, like, because interest rates, they lower everything. So like, like if you think of like the 80s, right? The economy was so hot that, you know, every person had a job. Every person had a two-car garage. Money is just going everywhere. The government jacked up interest rates so high. So your mortgage was like 20%, but your savings account was 18%. So what that does is encourages people to save and not borrow. And what that does, it's like throwing water on a fire. It just goes, everything settles down. But now during economic times where things are really difficult, the overnight lending rate, the Bank of Canada rate drops. And this like, it's weird how they can control everything with this one rate. So they can control unemployment with this. By making money cheaper, more businesses expand, more people get jobs. When you make money more expensive, people, you know, they kind of stick with what they're doing and unemployment will go up. So it's like, they control a lot of things with this rate. But the problem is, is this rate is getting really close to zero. It's getting really close to zero. It's at 0.75 right now. The, the Fed, that's the US Bank of Canada, they're at zero. So the next step is going the other way, which means like, I know this is going to be like for some people, but now banks, if it was to go to positive, banks would be paying you to have a mortgage. So instead of you paying them interest, they're paying you to borrow their money. And that, that's happened in the world before because people don't know where to keep money. And that's a very bad thing. So that's why when it gets to zero, it's very scary because you can't keep going much more. It's, I don't, do you see that happening? I don't see that happening in Canada. I, cause I don't know from a consumer perspective, even if it goes down to zero, which from some different podcasts I've heard, uh, with economists and stuff like that, they're talking that that is very realistic in the next few weeks. Are you talking about the, you're talking about the Canadian or the American? Cause like Canadian, the lending the, rate in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Because it's 0.75 now. Mm -hmm. It's dropped 1% in the last two weeks. No, it's dropped 0.75%, I believe. I it thought it was 0.5 and 0.5. I thought it was 0.25 then, or 0.5 then 0 0.25. 0 0.5, 0.5. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Carl, can you bring that up to me? You can, you can Google it. Because they have their meetings eight times a year, and then they had an emergency one. A week later, right? Wasn't it like yeah, a week after? Yeah, it was a week after, yeah. So... Obviously, from our industries, we're relating that drop to, um, like consumers' residential mortgages mostly. So, but so outside of outside of mortgages, what is that rate affecting? Okay, so that rate that I just told you about, yeah. that overnight lending rate, that only affects variable rate mortgages because that is basically how banks base their prime rate and a prime rate. So, like your prime rate might be like prime is currently let's say prime is two point nine five. So, so your interest rate would look like prime minus 0.7. So if interest rates are 2.95, yours is 2.25 because prime is 2.95, your discount is 0.7, mm -hmm. your interest rate is... is, is so, so that rides with the bank. That's why it's called the variable because as that rate changes, right? So if it goes up, now you're, you're, you're still prime minus 0.7, but now if prime is 3.5, your interest rate is now 2.8. So, yeah. so it's fluid, right? But fixed rates in Canada are based off something different. They're based off bond yields, like Bank of Canada bond yields. So that's kind of like an investment that the, the Canadians have, and that's what determines fixed rates. So right now what's happening, like just this week, and like fixed rates are hard to talk about, man, because like 
for the last three weeks, we fought, we saw them fall, 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 fall. And the last, in the last three or four days, like almost daily, they're changing. They went up very aggressively. So variables going like this, fix is going like this. Mm. The whole point is no one really knows what's going on right now. That's basically what's happening. <laughs> Fuck. It's like, it's like stressful to think about because I'm thinking of all the emails I have right now, people asking about this. Um, yeah, so fixed rates are going up pretty aggressively. And there's a couple of reasons why that happens. But basically, why? they're going up because the bond yields, which these rates are based off, are going up. And the reasons bond yields go up, there's, there's different reasons why they go up. Some people are thinking they're going up because the bank of, because the government, like the, like the bank is like buying back all these bonds, mm-hmm. which is causing the yield to go up. But like the yield's increasing. Like anyone who's listening, do this. Go to your computer. Go five-year bond yield Canada, click that graph, and you can kind of watch how when that drops, you see rates, fixed rates drop. And when that goes up, you'll see fixed rates grow up. And you can see just in this last week, it started going up. And that's why the fixed rate mortgage market goes up. Have you had many people, I've heard this a lot recently saying like, oh, rates are going down, we should lock in. Yeah. How do you answer that question? Yeah, you should. You should lock in. Well, like, like this is this is the thing. If like you mean going from variable to fixed, correct. Oh no, sorry. You're in a current variable mortgage. Oh no, I sorry. I thought you meant like just I'm looking to buy. Should I lock in a fixed rate now? Like I'm a fixed rate client. I have nothing to do with variables. No, no, no. No, in that case, I don't think I because like I think variable is going to continue to fall. Like prime is going to continue to go down. Mm-hmm. So your mortgage, if you're a variable, you're going to keep getting cheaper. But with that said, remember when I described variable mortgages? I described it as prime minus a number mm-hmm. the banks are shortening that number recently so it used to be a prime minus 0.8 and now now it's prime minus let's say 0.5 so even though the prime rate is coming down your rate's actually kind of staying the same because the bank's discount is becoming less mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah um so with the most recent point i think it was the second one was 0.5 uh, it says that both were 50 basis points okay so it went from 1.75 1.25 within like yeah. a week and a week and a half, whatever yeah. it was. Because one was their actual meeting and then one was their emergency meeting. I think that was announced last Friday. It was very the second one. Yeah. So in the last week, have banks kind of like pushed that drop onto consumers? Well, in the what happens is like, man, this is complicated stuff. But because the Bank of Canada drops that overnight lending rate, the banks don't necessarily need to follow. They can keep right. their prime rate what it is, right? Yeah. But in general, they will follow. Like the way it should work is that the prime rate should be the overnight lending rate. Like we're talking about during a healthy economy time, it should be kind of the overnight lending rate plus two in general. Mm -hmm. So some banks, you know, it takes them a week to go down. But if one bank drops their prime rate, you basically everyone has to because now money is going to be half a percent cheaper at Scotia than it is at CIBC. Yeah. So they kind of like like the big banks, as much as people are like loyal to the banks, they're literally the exact same thing. And have they done that yes. this week? Yeah. They've dropped 0.5. They've dropped, like prime rates have gone down. So what's a current variable mortgage look like right now? Prime minus what? It depends on the lender. It depends on the product. But like, like for example, like you might get a better discount if you do a 25-year mortgage than a 30-year mortgage. You know what I mean? Yeah. When the risk is, it's, it's just like fixed rates. If the risk is smaller, the bank will offer a greater discount. But like you're looking at like maybe prime minus 0.5 to 0.7 right now. But like there wasn't too long ago, I remember seeing prime minus 0.95, which is like, that's a huge spread. Huge. Huge. So and if like, you're in one of those mortgages now, prime is 0.75. Yeah. So your mortgage is down to 1.85. 
Well, yeah, like if Prime, if Prime right now is like, like realistically, like you see a lot of primes with banks right now around two point nine five. So if yours, your 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 mortgage is two percent, which is insane, because right now, like as of like today, like I just got rate notifications today where now some of the big banks, your five year fix is going to be three point two five, and like realistically, during again during normal times, the variable and the fix should be kind of close. You know, you might you know might get a little bit cheaper on the variable because there's no risk to the bank. Rates go up, your rate goes up, right? Mm -hmm. But they shouldn't be one and a half percent off. Like they, that's too much of a spread. Mm -hmm. They should be maybe a quarter of a percent off. So that's just like, again, I don't mean to bore you guys with the economics, but like that's like a sign of kind of like what's happening right now. No, I think it's interesting. Um, for your business specifically, are you seeing a change in like consumer confidence? Like, and I'm talking, let's talk specifically about like people who you've been working with for the last couple months or whatever, who are looking to purchase. Are some of those people sitting on the sidelines right now? Or are they looking at interest rates dropping 1% in the last couple of weeks, which is insane, and saying, oh, this is a good opportunity? Like, that's a good question. The thing is, with what's happening now, like with what's happening just with the economy, like there's no real place. And then like, like there's different people who are different types of like investors and like how they live their lives. But there's no real place to keep money. What are you going to do? Buy gold? Gold gets shit kicked. Buy bonds, bonds got shit kicked. Buy stocks, stocks got shit kicked. Keep it in cash, inflation's eating away your returns, right? Like, I think a lot of people understand, like, if this does keep getting worse, I like probably one of the safer places to have it is in re like residential properties because people will need a place to live. And like the government doing this thing where they're gonna, you know, start like helping people with their mortgage payments and helping people with their rent payments. People, like, you don't have to own a Microsoft stock you don't have to own a McDonald's stock, but you need a place to live. So that's why I think it's kind of safer to put money there. Again, that's an opinion, but that's why I think you're not going to see the market be as effective as like whatever, the Dow Jones, which is down 30% in the last two mm -hmm. weeks, you know? And I don't want to sound like um, unconcerned or anything, but I'm more just trying to explore, and Carl and I were talking about this the other day, exploring like how a global pandemic like this is affecting like individual small businesses in a community like Greater Vancouver. So like, are you seeing like are you seeing clients who you've like done pre-approvals with, gone through that, got all the docs together? You know they're out looking at properties. Have you seen them like taking a seat on the so, sidelines, or are they still super active? So what I've seen is like basically I've broken this whole pandemic down for my business to three type of clients and how I can help them. The first type of clients is prospective home buyers. People who are looking, kind of shopping, thinking of what they can do. They're not at the stage yet where they have an accepted offer. They're kind of just looking at it. For them, I think they see an opportunity in cheap money. Uh, I actually, I'd say for them, it's split 50-50. Some see the opportunity in cheap money, and some have a fear of the market dropping. So they don't want to enter at this point. Okay. The second type of clients I have is people who are between the stages of they have an accepted offer and completion. Okay? Very common. Mm -hmm. So like that two-month period. With things changing so quickly and banks changing what they're doing now, because now banks are doing second calls to their to the people's employers, being like, "Does this person still have a job?" Really? So yeah, so that's scary because now this like because the changing right, banks are getting cold feet too. So like, are we going to see people start to lose their deposits? Like, can they do that? Uh yeah, they can and they do. A bank can say, "Go fuck yourself" after already giving you a firm approval yeah there's every mortgage commitment has something in the commitment being like if things change like for example like 
all the we're, we're like when I talk about mortgage, I talk about A lenders, like the big, like the RBC, BMO, CIBC, Scotia, TD. They base their loan amounts on income versus debt. Sure. How much income do you have versus how much debt do you carry? If you are buy, buy a place, they give you an approval, you satisfy all your conditions, and then you know your numbers make sense, and you go and buy a, a Porsche, and they find now that's on your credit bureau, and it comes to the bank, and they're like, well, now this guy's numbers are you know, at 65% because he now has a $2,000 a month payment to his to Porsche Canada. Yeah, they can, they can pull that back. And every single commitment you see will have, if, if your financial, like if things change, we can take this back. And now it's scary because people are losing their jobs. Now they're, because normally what happens is the bank goes, hey, does Sally work for you at uh, Mr. Lube? And the guy goes, yeah, Sally works here. She's a full-time employee. She makes 20 bucks an hour. She's worked here since 2015. The bank goes, thank you. And click. And that's it. But now the bank has made that call. And now it's two months into the process. The people are, you know, a couple weeks away from closing. And they're like, does Sally still work there? And they're like, actually, no, we had to let Sally go because no one's coming anymore. And like, that's causing problems. And these, like, these are things that no one, like the, like the media and stuff, like, these are issues that no one's talking about. But these are, these are real problems because deposits, and like, and like, it's also like, what, so what's going to happen now? Is the government going to like cover these deposits? Because the government is throwing just an insane amount of capital into this. Like they're thinking of paying people's more like deferring mortgage payments, helping people with EIs, like assistance for people who are self-employed. Like, are are these deposits really going to be lost? Like, there's so much uncertainty on what's happening right now. Anyways, the third type of client I have is people who've already have closed transactions and they want to talk about like what what's happening with this. What happens? Like, can I don't like the most common question I'm asking is do I still have to pay my mortgage? What do I do? Who do I call? And then there's a list of lenders. You got to contact your lender directly. And be like, this is my situation. You have to explain what's happening. And it's up, I guess it's their discretion. There's just so much that's unsure right now. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in banking since I've been 21 years old. This is the first time I ever remember calling bankers and being like, what's going on? And then being like, fuck if I know. I have no idea. <laughs> you know? Because like banks are so like concrete and old, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, everything's black and white. So now that like, like hearing I don't know, is, it's a weird answer to get. Have you heard any more details? in the last couple of days about that deferring mortgage payments? Because it was just really announced when? Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday it was yeah. announced. It's like, what happens is like Trudeau does his little speech. The day before, everyone's like, this is what he's going to say. Um, <laughs> so basically, yeah. So what they're doing is they're saying they're going to help. They're committing amount of money to help. But the pathway on what's going to happen is not clear yet. You know, like how are, how is this going to look? Mm-hmm. So like I like today, I probably had maybe half a dozen calls of people being like, hey, I don't want to pay, or sorry, I don't want to pay. I can't pay my mortgage anymore. What do I do? And then I give them the number that we've been provided, call, and then out of those six people, six of them calling back being like, I can't get through. I've been on hold for four hours. I called one, well, I called three yesterday, but one of them I got through fairly quickly, like five minute hold, which I'm impressed with. So good for them. That was a local, local. That was a local credit. Exactly. That yeah. was not. It's not TD's head office in Toronto taking in 40,000 calls. Yeah. Scotia Bank's uh, call line just ends the call immediately. Yeah. That's, that's like most of the right now. Yeah. You call them and it like pretends like it answers and then it just disconnects. Yeah. I had a file. I there must with, be just yeah. so many phone calls. Totally. Right yeah. That's, I, I had people today being like, what do I do? It just keeps disconnecting. I'm like, yeah. There's this is. There's, there's just no, there's no infrastructure for the no, process. Totally. There's just a bunch of money that the government's going to throw at it, mm-hmm. but there's no infrastructure on what it's going to look like. Who's going to be like, we're both self-employed or we, can we get this? You know? So that one Westminster savings, basically all they did was connect me with a credit specialist person. I'm not sure what her title was, 
and she said, we don't really know what's going on yet, exactly like your situation. We don't really know what's going on yet. We're trying to work out a system. Uh, we're just taking down phone numbers, asking people how many months they want to defer for, and we're going to call everyone back once. We're going to call everyone back. And that's their system. Maybe maybe there for Westminster, no it's only like 100,000 clients. I don't know. Yeah. But for someone like Scotia, it's like a couple million. I like how many like, people yeah. How many people have mortgages in Scotia? Like so many. And I was reading today, like the amount of How people, are they calling everyone back? How many people do they have calling people? Well, like the system, like it's the whole system is overwhelmed, right? Like I, I was talking to someone today and I said like, you know, with what's going on, doctors, nurses, basically health professionals, like they're the front lines. Like they, that's the front line because health mm. is the most important. Yeah. But like frighteningly close behind is finance and money. Totally. So you have like an army of bankers and whatever, mortgage brokers, investment specialists who are really in the middle of a shitstorm right now. Like I would not want to be a stockbroker right now. Holy. But like that's just like that's just to kind of help people more make money. But like the bankers who are trying to protect people's like mortgages and stuff like that, like like what's gonna happen if someone loses their job and like let's let's say forty percent of the population can't pay the mortgage. Are you still gonna charge them? Like what is it just gonna be everyone's houses for sale? Like there's just so much uncertainty, man. There's so much. Like no one knows what the fuck is going Have on. Have you heard any details on how that program could possibly work though? Bas- let's let's say all those banks, as advertised with these uh, articles I've been seeing, will allow people, I guess, case-by-case basis, but again, like, what is the infrastructure to to individually go through for someone like Scotia, let's say, on the low end, a million different mortgages? Oh, my God, more than that. Yeah. Let's say low end, whatever. Let's say a million for an easy number. What's the infrastructure for... Because we're talking just residential mortgages. There's commercial business. There's line, like there's so much there. Let's just use an easy number. A million. Okay. How many like months is that going to take? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, like so it's going to be a lot of work. And like, is how? What is the process of like judging or like assessing people's? Let's say your situation is eight out of ten because you've lost your job. You don't have any income. Whatever, whatever. Someone else who's also called is like a two out of ten because they're still working eighty percent of the time or whatever. Like, I don't know. No one. Like, knows. no one. Knows. Okay, let's say the program actually comes into effect. Let's say three weeks from now, everyone that... Well, it's going to be a deferral program, not a cancellation program. 100%. Yeah. So people thinking they're just going to get free money, like that doesn't exist. It's going to be deferred money. So interest is still going to accumulate, I'm assuming. I I don't even know about that. Maybe maybe they just pause the system. Like there's no interest accumulation for this period of time. I can't see a bank being like, yeah, no problem. They'll probably just be like, okay, your payments can be deferred six months, but interest on the loan is still going to accumulate. Yeah, because if they don't, they're 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 taking in the cost like something people really really don't understand and i hate to be the person to say this oh god i hate myself right now but like money doesn't come like i've heard people be like why doesn't the government just make more money like just like you just can't do that like someone's gonna have to incur the cost and like people think that they're benefiting in the short term by something that's actually hurting them more than anyone else like the government deferring these and the banks sucking up these these costs, that's not necessarily good for everyday people. Mm-hmm. You know, it might help them with their mortgage for six months and it's going to get them through the short period, but that might really affect the next 20 years of their life. Like here, here's an example. Like if the government puts a bunch of money, like stimulus money into the economy, like, a sh- like I mean a shit ton of money. Oh, I hate myself. So what it does is it causes something called inflation. Should I even go down this road? Yeah, 100%. Fuck. 
So like, it, like these, these people, I think most people that, understand. Okay, yeah, like these people at least who think the bare minimum, but like yeah. don't really understand how it's going to affect them. Like personally. people, like they think like, hey, they like we need help right now in the economy. The economy needs help, but like shit, if like inflation isn't something that is going to be gone in three or four years, like you might get six months worth of no mortgage payments, but hey, Jim, you might have to pay seven dollars for a Big Mac in two thousand twenty-four. You know what I mean? Like, and that that really doesn't hurt rich people. That hurts the middle class and low, lower class. Because when they go to buy something, like their buying power of their dollar is decreased. So like even the things you think like everyday things, like, I don't know, let's say, well, what does a middle-class person's grocery bill look like? Take away like a certain percentage of what they're able to afford now. And that's not just, that's on every fucking thing. That's on cars, that's on groceries. And again, it's not hurting the rich as much as it's hurting the middle class. But, but like, it's like, what do you do, man? It's like, what's that saying? Like die by something or something else? Die by a sword or anyways. Half dozen of one, dozen great, of great example. Fuck this. <laughs> Half dozen. Does it something to do with paper cuts? I don't know, man. What? So lost. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Either way, we're fucked. Basically, are you having? Are you having clients ask what's going to happen in the real estate market? Yes. What's your response? I don't know. I'm not a realtor, I'm, and I'm not an economist. Economist. Why but, would you think a realtor would know? Well, like, like, let's, like, yeah, it's like unprecedented. We've never ever seen anything like this. Again, going back to what I said earlier, um, like, anywhere you keep your money, whether it's under your mattress, to in a bond, in a stock, anywhere, you are going to lose money. It's not going to keep its value. You are losing. You are you're losing this game today. Today. So I think. In my opinion, personal opinion, that the real estate market is the safest place to keep money because people always need a place to live. And like, even that might go down, but I don't think it's going to, it's going to be as detrimental as like what, where, like my stock portfolio, you don't, don't even, I don't even look at it anymore. I don't even care anymore. Do you have, have you talked to realtors about this in terms of like what they're seeing today? It's so hard to predict. Like, honestly, from my perspective, I have no idea what the next month, two months are going to look like. Literally no idea. Well, I don't know if the government is going to go full quarantine for Canada. And you have to stay home. You could literally cannot leave your home for two weeks. I don't know if they're going to do that. If they do, obviously, I can't sell a house. Yeah. And like, right? <laughs> and like, dude, like the thing is, man, like no one has a crystal ball. Exactly. Like, if you had a crystal ball, you wouldn't be a realtor. I wouldn't be a mortgage specialist. Like, we would just be like sitting on an island drinking rum because you know money in stocks that are never going to go up and totally. just hang out. I would just short. I would short sell everything. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> I would bet against everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't have a crystal ball, and it's hard to give people that advice. Basically, my strategy is to give them as educate them on as much as I know, and let them make a decision as an informed consumer. Mm-hmm. People who just don't want to learn about the process scare me because that's, that's not, you need to understand what you're doing. Mm. Um, mm. Again, like people thinking like just sitting on cash, like just holding cash in their bank accounts is a good idea. Mm. That is not a good idea. Like that, like, like you are losing everywhere you turn. That's what it feels like to me, at least. I don't know where, where to put money. So again, I don't want to sound like inconsiderate about the actual health scare that's going around the world right now. but. At the same time, I feel like it's our opportunity to express to clients how they can how they can better themselves moving forward in a financial way today. Yeah. So, like, where is an opportunity 
with interest rates coming way down, where's an opportunity for clients right now? Is it refinancing someone who had a fixed mortgage three years ago at 3.8? Yeah. Is, where's the opportunity with people right now? Well, dude, there's a lot of ways that there is opportunity. It, it depends on like person to person situation, right? Like money cheap, but fixed rates just went up this, like like significantly this week from what they're, two weeks ago, I would have locked in a fixed rate at 2.5% and just rode this whole thing out. But now they're up to 3.24, 3.34, you so know? like that high? It, yeah, man. And it changes, it changes so quickly. Like my phone, so all the lenders we work with, so let's say I work with like, I don't know, there's, I don't know, 100 lenders in Canada. I, let's say I work with 20 of them that I kind of, I know their policies and procedures. So I'm very close with these lenders. They will like, like sometimes like on a normal occasion, like a normal week, I might get two or three, you know, our rates are going up a little bit. I'm going down. Like some days now it's like, I'll get 20 emails in a day being like, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up. Like, it, mean, it means something's happening, you know? Cause my phone's just like going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. I'm just like, I don't know how to really respond to it. And then variables are kind of like, again, that overnight lending rate is going down, which means variables are cheap right now. Um, I feel like in times like this, the rich get richer in a way because they have the capital and the ability to acquire capital mm -hmm. to make decisions, you know, yeah. like if the housing market dips, right. It's, it's usually not the lower, the lower middle class who benefits from that. It's going to be some guy who throws a mortgage <clears throat> on his $2 million house, buys four condos. And then in four years when the market's back up, he's just, you know, there, there is, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Anytime shit hits the fan, like for example, me, what I've been doing, I've been buying cruise ship stocks like a motherfucker. And every day they're just getting shit kicked more. And like, I'm, so that means I'm losing money on these. But there's like this expression, like don't try to catch the falling knife. It means never try to time something perfectly. So I buy the way down, I buy the way back up, but at least I'm guaranteed to catch that swing. You know what I mean? That's, it's, it's tough. I don't know where to put money, man. Hmm. It's, it's, it's weird because it feels like you're losing everywhere. Are you having uh, a lot of people contact you regarding refinancing? Yes. Because the interest rates have dropped so much? Yes. And people want, like, for example, I have a lot of people contacting me where they want to take money out of their current property. Like, they bought in 2014. Uh, their house appreciated, I don't know, 100% or whatever. And now they have a shit ton of equity. Now they want to take out that equity and buy rental properties. And so if that market dips, right, that, like, condo market dips, there's going to be a huge opportunity for those people who are now going in. They don't even need a fucking mortgage because they already they put this mortgage on their own house. They can go in with cash offers. Hey, I'll buy this $400,000 condo in New West. I'll buy two. And then, you know, in five years, like now they have renters in there paying that mortgage and now they are, have this appreciating asset. So I think there's opportunity there. Again, that's not me offering investment advice, but that is what I think. If it was my, if I, if, if I, if I had, if it was my decision, that's what I did. Even if stocks have got hit so much recently that like <clears throat> a lot of people hold investment properties in, in greater Vancouver, the rent is very high. Um, but like, could be a pretty good opportunity right now to get out of real estate while it's fairly high still. Like in the last couple of weeks, market values haven't really gone down like getting out and using that capital in other ways that have been hit so much harder, right? Yeah. Like, but then, man, when you start doing stuff like that, like obviously you're exposing yourself to risk, right? You're getting something that's kind of consistent and you're going to something like the stock, like stocks, they move way, they're not, they're much more liquid than a house is. Mm -hmm. You know, like people can trade and sell hundreds of thousands, like buy and sell hundreds of thousands of dollars in a day. You can't really do that with, if you, you with your house, you know what totally. I mean? 
so you're kind of good. Like, I don't know. I like, I'm a pretty aggressive investor, but I'm not that aggressive. I would not sell my place, take all my eggs and put them in the stock market. That is not what I would do, but shit, do it. Do whatever you want, man. You only live once. You think Roll the be down for that long? No, like, like when was the last time you saw this big of a dip in stock market? Was it 2008? 2000, yeah, the housing crisis in the United States. And like, and how quickly did it bounce back? Within two years, it was, you're making, like, it's above where it started. But the thing is, and this is, oh, I hate saying this again, but it's the people who, it's like, it's not the millionaires and billionaires who are losing money here. It's like someone's mom who's like 56 years old and close to retirement. She gets scared shitless. She's seen her portfolio go down 30%. Now she's like, holy shit, I'm gonna have to work for another six years. She sells, then she realizes that loss when you sell. And when she's selling, it almost makes me sick. I hate this world, fuck this. But when she's selling, there's an army of investment bankers on Wall Street buying that shit up and catching an upswing, you know? Because mm -hmm. they don't have, like, it's crazy, man. I wish I could just help all the people, but I can't help all the people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, if people who are, like, getting out and, and going to cash right now, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. Because you don't really lose money until you go to cash, when you sell your stock. You know, if your Microsoft portfolio went down 25%, you have not lost a goddamn cent until you sell those because you still own the same amount of shares. Yeah. Because if you sell them, I promise you there is someone who will buy them when they're this low. Like, look at me buying cruise ship stock because people want to sell them because they're just, it's a, it's a, what's it called? Dumpster fire? It's a disaster. They're going to crash. And I'm buying them because I know that when this does blow over, you got an army of baby boomers, an army entering their cruise ship years. <laughs> you're buying something that was a hundred dollars a share for twenty dollars a share for an industry that's supposed to explode, and it could be two hundred dollars a share in in ten years. So that's what two thousand percent increase. Anyways, that's kind of my strategy. I'm not again. I'm not trying to give investment advice. Carl, are you seeing much of a change um, in like the home Reno contractor industry? Absolutely not. Right now, I'm working not. in North Vancouver. There's there's like four story condos going up everywhere. All the trades are there. Everyone is there. It's just as busy as it would be if this wasn't going on. So people aren't concerned, even on like on a smaller scale for you guys, like people aren't concerned about having you like mm -hmm. strange, let's say strangers, like mm -hmm. different people coming into their homes. I'm sure some, I'm sure a lot just ignore it and just look for a quick buck to save whatever. Yeah. But personally, I, I refuse to go into someone's house right now. We're just doing landscaping and working outside, but like, when I look across the street, all the other trades, everyone's just doing their own thing. Hmm. So you, you guys aren't doing any interior renos right now? No, not right now. No, we're all outside right now. Have you had to stop projects? No, we, we've been super lucky. Like right before this hit, we finished our last one that we were doing inside. Hmm. And now the weather's nice. So we're outside for the next little bit. So have you postponed stuff though? <sighs> Nothing yet. No? Okay. No. I think right now is a good time to get people to work on the outside of your house. Totally. Hey? <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, from a real estate perspective, I would just wonder, like, what people's perceptions are. So, like, how receptive... If you did have a big reno that you were in the middle of, mm -hmm. and you said, like, sorry, guys, I feel uncomfortable sure. for the next couple of weeks, let's work on the outside, or I got to go do a landscaping job over here instead. For sure. Or if, the don't feel comfortable, if the customer like, approaches you and asks that, for sure, you, just, you have to walk away. Yeah. What else can you do, right? It's scary stuff. You know, I was actually talking to a realtor who was saying that she has doing an open house and all these people are coming in and it's her job to do this open house and it's her, and she did everything she could, like handing out, sanitizing, like hand wipes and stuff like that. But like 
ultimately like she's doing her job but she feels like her job is putting her at risk and i and i told her i was like you know you got to kind of like no one else is going to care as much about you as you need to care about yourself so like, if you feel uncomfortable you got to verbalize that like with your employers if like there's something that makes you genuinely uncomfortable and people will mm -hmm. take advantage of that but if you don't feel comfortable you have to take care of yourself the bc real estate association today this afternoon issued a statement saying an immediate end to open houses hmm. so most like most prominent realtors had kind of stopped in the last, like stopped booking open houses in the last couple of weeks just to avoid groups really. And had gone to private showings, but the BCRA actually announced that today. So you can still do private showings, just absolutely no open houses. So that's how we've kind of adjusted is just doing one-on-one -on -one showings. Um, it's a difficult position to be in. Like clients still want to buy and sell. Yeah. And we feel a bit obligated to like, be out there doing these types of events obviously it, it's a bit uncomfortable and like people walking through are like trying to stand a distance away from you and don't want to touch door handles and they ask yeah, you to open doors yeah. which you know whatever it is what it is it's just it's strange but then like the person selling the house too has a bunch of random strangers walking through their house touching it right and we're just having those conversations with people saying like look what is your comfort level do yes. you want to proceed do you want to postpone I don't know if it's going to be a three-week postponement or like three, four, five months. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if the market's going to go down. I know that inventory is really low right now. Yeah. I know that people are still asking to see places. So what would you like to do? It's kind of like putting the... How comfortable are you? Essentially, right? You're, what else can you do? Yeah, I don't know. I um, Socially, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like the... Just the, I don't know, the interactions are extremely awkward right like, now. There's no handshaking, right? Because that's frowned upon. You kind of have to have a distance between you and the other person. So it is really awkward. It is awkward. Yeah. Totally is awkward. In terms of like the private showings one-on-one, they don't really make me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's more just like the social interactions with other people are strange. It's strange. Like walking across the street to the grocery store, like people walking on the other side of the street are like looking at you like yeah. they're going to kill you, like you're going to kill them. It's so strange walking around outside right now. Or even just like meeting someone new and just going to shake their hand and they're like, no, we shouldn't do this right now. No, I know. All these little things. Yeah. How much you take for granted, like in an, even in like a normal flu season, mm -hmm. like I still meet people every day, shake their hand. Is that passing it along? I, I, don't, I have no idea. I wonder if this can be a sign of like, 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 a, like, a, like a serious societal change. Like maybe we will not go back to shaking hands. Do you think? I, I think so. Too, How long have people been shaking hands for? Ever. Hundreds and hundreds of years. And I'm, I'm a huge hugger, right? So I'm struggling. Yeah. Like, I love hugs. So like every time I see someone, I'm just like... Elbow bump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're even allowed to do that right now. Yeah. I just I wave at people. But like honestly, like I love... Hey, Carl. <laughs> I'm loving the glass half full approach a lot of people are having, man. Because a lot of people are out there like going out of their way to help. Hmm. like do other things like you know people are like when i when i like i know there's some assholes out there like stockpiling food yeah, i know that like there's always going to be those people there's always going to be assholes in society right but like when i went to the grocery stores i've seen people like being like really nice mm -hmm. to each other like being very patient with each other being cordial like no one's freaking i saw one guy take a package of ground pork out of a woman's hand and it was kind of aggressive but besides that there's it was, it was nothing out of a woman's hand? No, she was looking at it. It was like, there, there was no meat left. And I guess they must have grabbed it at the same time. He just went, Ugh. Oh, my God. 
I've heard a couple of stories of just people grabbing toilet packet or toilet paper rolls from the other people's cars thing, and just running just, for it. It yeah. just boggles my mind, man. It boggles my mind. They're it's like, such well, a herd mentality, man. That's all a, it is. It's, yeah, it's like talk about people being sheep. Like it's crazy. Like if you are stuck inside, yes, for six months, do you know how much more important shit there is to have than toilet paper? Have a shower, son. Have a shower. Anything. You can use other material. Totally. Like, and like people are like, like that's the thing they take. It's, it's, it's really, it's interesting. Guys, we also have like three TP plants, like in US and like in Vancouver. Yeah. Like, there's Kroger, no right? Kroger's in the yeah. US. Maybe. Scott's isn't, yeah. yeah. It's not a shortage at all. I heard that this whole thing started in like Hawaii, right? Which is something completely different. Apparently they don't have their own refineries or whatever. So everything has to be brought in and that's why people are freaking out. But that doesn't apply here at all. Completely different situation. I asked some lady at Save on Foods yesterday. I'm like, what's the secret around toilet paper? She's like, there isn't really one. We get it every morning at seven and it's gone in 10 minutes. We're just grabbing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we still still get the shipment every day. (laughs) It's But what's going to happen, honestly, like, what's going to happen now is like, people are going to have a lifetime supply of toilet paper. Oh, yeah. And toilet paper is going to be on sale forever. (laughs) I hope this blows over like fairly quickly. Like, let's say a month, six weeks from now, we're like way through it. And people are just stuck with like $30,000 worth of Lysol wipes. Just trying to sell them on Amazon. Our Costco's not yeah. Honestly, I'm looking forward yeah. to the meat sales. Again, oh. watch this be April How old is the meat like, going to be, though? <laughs> well, old be frozen. Like, freeze a turkey last Are you going to trust some random yeah. asshole in Abbotsford? Meet me in my garage. Buy some meat from this guy? Hey, hey got any Got any of that T-bone? <laughs> <laughs> um, watch this be like April 15th and people are like laughing at how fucking dumb we are. They had no idea what was coming. That would be awesome. Actually, that'd be horrible, but it would be situational irony which i'd appreciate i think we're all pretty open-minded in terms of like we have no idea what's next totally it came it came up super quick and so i don't think anyone is really prepared for it and uh i honestly have like it's so hard to predict i've I have no clue i gotta say i don't know i, I do. think it's equally as possible that in two weeks from now like they say i'm not allowed to leave my house i cannot show houses like no more listings on mls versus like two or three or four weeks from now, it just goes back to normal society. I think both things are equally as possible. Yeah, And I don't know which one is more likely. I have no idea. I know like news from China always isn't the best resource mm-hmm. in terms of like factual and like honest, but yeah. I heard that like they're, they're closing down like a lot of their emergency hospitals and life is starting to resume back to normal there. I saw something recently that like all Apple stores in like one of the major city had reopened and like employees were back to work and stuff like that in China too. Right. But they were three months ahead of us, so that could be. And they're extremely what was their aggressive. Turnaround? Yeah. What was their turnaround? Like ten to twelve weeks? I think so, somewhere around. Almost there. three. Just months? over three months. Because it started probably when early December. Yeah. Even like late that. November, kind of mid November, yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. But like they would go to your like your condo, and they would just bar you inside, and you can't leave. They block your door, and you can't leave, and that's it. Man, you no know, wonder so, it's gone. Like, I have so many times in my life, like I'm way before this happened. I would dare say hundreds of times in my life thought, how long could I survive off what I have in this apartment right now? And I always think in my head, it's always a game show. Like, mm-hmm. can't this guy survive for six months with nothing else? And I'm like looking at like flour and water. I'm like, shit, I can make a lot of bread here. Like, I think like I am the type of guy who I buy groceries three times a week just for myself. Like, they're, you know, 15, 20 bucks. And like, that's what I've been doing. But that means I don't have a lot of groceries. Like, if you look at my, it looks like a bachelor fridge, right? Like some salsa. Some coconut milk and like a Brita water filter. <laughs> that's it. Like that's everything. <laughs> if I want to make some that so night, probably not six months. 
Uh, dude, I swear to God, I think of you. <laughs> I got some chickpeas. I love hummus. I've been waiting to use those guys. You just have to lie in your apartment, not use any calories. Yeah, like, man, like, yeah, as long as I have water, I feel like I can really survive a lot. I'm like 200 pounds. I'd obviously lose a lot of weight, but I gotta say, I think six months. Is there a next challenge or what? Yeah, the four growler challenge. <laughs> now the six month challenge. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I want to do a couple more of these with just like different people from different industries and just kind of getting a sense of how their businesses are changing. Yeah, I guess to summarize, no one really knows what the hell's happening in the mortgage industry. Banks are confused. The government's confused. <laughs> the government's throwing a bunch of money at the problem, but we don't know how to allocate that money. <clears throat> yeah. So right I, now it's basically, a, basically right now, no one knows what's happening. That's basically it. I think it's important to note that um, like our two industries are fairly like, let's say like recession proof almost in terms of like people still need a place to live. Totally. People are going to refinance, especially when interest rates are dropping. They're going to take advantage of yeah, like cheaper money. My business might change from the way you 70% can... purchases sure. to 70% either rental purchases or non-owner occupied yeah. and refinancing. Yeah. But they're still like, like I'm as busy now as I've ever been. But there's so many other entrepreneurs, local business type people that are just like hurting like significantly right now because people aren't leaving their houses. Totally. And again, like I'm, I'm pretty much a glass half full guy all the time, but like I'm seeing things like people are like really supporting their small businesses now, mm -hmm. you know, like if we're going to get takeout. We're not going to go to like whatever, like McDonald's, we're going to go to this little cafe, you know, mm -hmm. like they they have a little takeout thing. Like people are like, I, I think, I don't know. I, I dare say I'm kind of proud to be Canadian at times like this because I, I feel at least that like people are coming together. Hmm. where they're not being as, you know, because there's always going to be assholes, but like mostly people are being pretty good about it. To add on to that, like I've seen lots and lots of like face group, Facebook groups or like just notices on condominiums of people offering their help just to get groceries, deliveries for people that can't go out. Exactly. Yeah. You see that a lot. Yeah. And like there's so many ways people mm. are helping too. Mm. It's not just groceries. <laughs> it's like offer like acts of service. Um, yeah, totally. Like, it's cool to see how creative some business owners are being in terms of just like adapting super quickly and like distilleries <laughs> making hand sanitizer. Okay, yeah, the one totally. who did that, I would like to say something. My mom was from a town called Anignish, Nova Scotia. Absolutely, three thousand people. Like it's such a small town. Like yeah. it is like small town Canada. Like Tim Hortons and roast beef. Like that is the lifestyle, <laughs> you know. And that distillery who did that, Steinhardt Distillery, is in Arisag, which is just outside Anignish, Nova Scotia. He's like a fifth generation distiller from Germany, makes some absolute fire gin, vodka. The guy, like right away, he's like, we're going to make hand sanitizer. And they started distilling it. And like, I read it on CBC. God damn, I was proud of that guy. I met him one time. Great guy. German as fuck. And yet, we can't find it anywhere. It's okay. It's so, so obviously our businesses yes. are changing in terms of like, any interactions, we're being extremely cautious. Cautious. We're trying to bring like cleaning supplies to showings and like wiping down door handles and um, light switches and stuff like that, and hand sanitizer for people on the way in. But like, the, it's so hard to find that stuff because people are just yes. stocking in the garage. Yeah, but like, I just want one bottle, one of each. I, I don't know. One what's Lysol. this guy gonna do with forty hand sanitizers? In forty? Try like fifteen thousand, man. These people are just stocking them. It's not 40. I don't know. It's also interesting. I remember those? right before this happened, there was all those protests. Yeah. Those kind of stopped, eh? Yeah. Completely gone. Like, those are completely, those are gone. Like, there was like, where are those guys now? 
Well, you're not allowed to be in a group of more than 50 people. <laughs> Problem solved. It'd be a pretty lame protest to have like eight people there. Yeah. Just spaced out. I, I don't know. I hope, I think society is coming together and like those people who are doing bad things, there will always be people that take advantage of the system. There totally. will always be that. I think they're kind of getting called out on their bullshit a little bit. That's the good thing about social media is it's so, yeah. they're so visible now. Totally. But like, how does Canada not have like any pandemic laws? Like, how is this legal to do stuff like this? Don't you think? Well, it's not like this time next week, I don't think you're going to be able to. So you think they can introduce something pretty quick, eh? Totally. Whether it's like rationing or something. Because it's just, it's it's like, Hoarding, like all, yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane. It's mm -hmm. so far off the curve. It's like, what, you're going to take 400 bottles of hand sanitizer? Like, it makes no sense, right? And it's just for profit in a freaking didn't, devastating situation. Didn't, uh, I don't, was it BC that announced a state of emergency? Well, Vancouver, yeah, city Vancouver. Vancouver did. It's city by Vancouver city. did. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so in that state of emergency, it gives the local government like more power. I don't know if you can find that list quickly, Carl. I was like reading an article yesterday and it just listed some of the I things. I know that they can enter space. You can enter any building. They can or, like take over condos and stuff, right? If they need to. They can, uh, they can ration food or set prices of food as well. There was like a bunch of things that it listed. It was quite interesting. I don't know if they're like at that point yet. Yeah, they have the power to prevent crazy buying. So they can't limit stuff. <laughs> Honestly, that works for me, man. Because a lot of the grocery stores now have those signs up saying, like, you can only buy two packages of this whatever paper product or yeah. whatever it is. Um, How much groceries but, do people eat? I read on, on Facebook some like some families spending $1,600 on groceries a week. How the How is that possible? Insane. That's insane. That's insane, right? Yeah. That's I'm like, crazy. I literally spend, I'm not kidding, $60 a week, and I'm a pretty big dude. I eat a lot. But like, how, how are you spending that much money on groceries? It makes no sense. That's way too much. I'd that, say like four to 500 for like a family of four a week. That still seems doable. high to me. Like $500 like Comfortable. Groceries. Like, you comfortable. know how many goddamn apples you can buy? <laughs> you can buy, buy 1,500 apples. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just seems like crazy. Like, I think people just need to be smart and like communities need to come together. You know who's going to have no problem getting through this shit? Small towns. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're right. so community-based, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, bigger cities, people are very much, like, dog-eat-dog. Dog, like, totally. me and my own, my family first. Where communities, it's kind of like everyone needs each other. All right. Let's get out of here. I'm sure things are going to change in the next couple of weeks, and this podcast, podcast could be totally irrelevant. But then we just get to do nothing. I don't know. This, this podcast is like a, what's it those things called? Time capsule. We'll see. Okay. We might look back on this in a couple of years and be like, wow, everyone's dead now. How wrong are those guys talking about the real estate market? <laughs> Couple of years? Wow. Jeez. Ah, love you guys. All right.